0: Good morning, Heritage. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. This is Mr. Nice, and you are listening to The Griffin Rundown, a weekly podcast for HCA. I hope that you are listening together on the way to school this morning. I want to start today by reminding you that we have our Heritage U for January coming up soon. This is scheduled for Thursday, January 25th, and it's going to be hosted at the Peninsula Campus. And the topic this time is uh, gender identity, and the time is 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. The speaker is Jonathan Holmes. Many of you uh, know of Jonathan Holmes. He is the executive director and also a counselor at Fieldstone Counseling and. Um, Jonathan is is very well respected in the counseling world, both locally and, and nationally also. So uh, we're very blessed to have him. So we hope you, moms and dads, we hope you'll consider coming out. This topic is obviously intended for parents, but moms and dads will also trust you if you think uh, you'd like to bring um, middle school or high school age students along with you. So that's, again, <clears throat> Thursday, January 25th at the Peninsula Campus from 6.30 to 8.30. And this is a no-charge event, but it is also, um, we will not have childcare provided that night. We hope to see you there on the 25th. Hey, as long as we're talking dates, Pepper Pike tours. We I mentioned these last week. We have tours coming this Friday for our current families from 4 to 5.30 p.m., and then also the next morning on Saturday the 20th from 10 to 11.30 a.m. These are open house style. Uh, you can drop in. Uh, please don't come right at 5.30 and hope for a tour on, on uh, Friday night. And please don't come right at 11.30 on Saturday and hope for a tour. But uh, leave yourself you know at least 20 or 30 minutes to be able to be walked around and, and to get the tour. And we'll try to go some places inside and outside. And then a brief update on... The construction at the Pepper Pike campus. This week, the construction company is in doing all of the prep work for hammers to start to fly yet this month. So we're very excited that they are on site this week doing all the prep work uh, to be ready to uh, start some some demo work. So um, we're praising the Lord for this next step. And, and we continue to hear from them that... They intend to hand us the keys for various buildings as they complete them, and they intend to hand us all the keys for the buildings at the very end of July with giving us several weeks to do the touch-up inside with desks and all those things um, during the month of August as we lead up. So we're very thankful for uh, this update and happy to be able to provide it for you. Friday, January 26th. Hey, there's no school that day for students in early childhood through fifth grade. That day is set aside for some parent teacher conferences during the day. So you've been seeing information about that from your children's teachers. So be aware, you may need to make some alternative plans if you have children in early childhood through the fifth grade. And then, hey, Heritage is hiring. I, I know Many of you have seen this, and um, but we are hiring for some positions, both teaching and, and admin and otherwise. Um, I know apparently the athletic director is making some good traction out there. So hey, if if you are if you know people that you think, boy, th- this individual will just be a great fit at Heritage, then we'd love to hear from them. So point them to us, and we're thankful for for your help with that. And we to take an opportunity just to share about some of the other fun opportunities that are coming for students at Heritage that many of you with children that who the oldest might be five or six or seven years old don't know that are coming. But the sixth grade class in the spring each year takes a few day trips. I know last year, uh, last few years they've gone down to Columbus for a day trip and did various things including going to the state house and and then they also took a day trip out to uh, a big camp where they did fun outdoor camp activities for a day and then each year the 7th and 8th graders they alternate and take a big trip together uh, they'll alternate years one year they'll go to Philadelphia and Gettysburg. And then the next year they go to Washington, DC. So I know this year, the seventh and eighth grade is gearing up for a three or four day trip to Washington, DC with various uh, teacher and administrator chaperones from the school. And then last year, the high school kids took a a three or four day trip out to Boston. And then this year they're heading to Williamsburg. So I know that um, there's so many fun things to look forward to for for the students and, and boy, I just want to get these on your radar because you may not even know that, that these are upcoming for your children, but uh, what a great opportunity for our kids to get out and see some of the national landmarks and museums and and get to know some of our national history. And, and, and then uh, for the sixth graders, some of the history of the state of Ohio. So uh, something to look forward to. And, and I know I've got two that'll be on those trips this year and they're very much already anticipating their time away. Hey, and don't forget uh, I'm, taking a question related to the charter and our progress on the charter each week. And so if you have a question about the charter that you're curious about, you can go back and hunt for the form that we sent out, I think in October, um, or you it's probably easiest at this point if you just want to email me, although I am thankful when it, they do end up in that one spot in the link. Oh, and so I want to encourage you if you're looking for updates regarding the charter, please go back and listen to the the previous iterations of the podcast in earlier weeks, because I am dealing with questions submitted from parents every single week, and and I know this is an important topic. This week, a parent wrote in and asked a short one. He asked, uh, "When and where do we start the EdChoice scholarship paperwork?" Thank you. That is a great question, and that you know I have an, an equally. Uh, short and simple answer to that you can't start applying yet until we have the charter in hand, and so uh, as you've heard me say a few times recently, we are uh, we've given ourselves a final deadline of this Friday to be turning in all of the last bits of paperwork for the chartering process so um and and again, we know that. The state is going to come back and say, well, we want clarity on this, and we want to see that, and, and we get those things, but I want you to be encouraged. We are very nearly done with submitting um, the last bits of paperwork for, for this round. And um, But to answer the question directly, no, you can't apply yet until we have that done, but... W- please rest assured we are prepared and ready to be coaching you through that process. And there may be some things that we can actually do yet before we have it done just so that we're ready to really fly. Um, And we can start collecting some info from you uh, in about a month or so. Um, But we cannot fully apply yet because we don't have the charter from the state yet. So great question. And again, we'll continue to give you more updates as we have them. And, And again, I would encourage you to continue to reach out with questions that you have relating to the charter. Okay, well now it's time for your favorite segment and mine. It is the joke of the week. I'm happy to welcome into the studio one of our funny funny freshmen, Emmett. Emmett, would you say hi to everybody? Hello. Hello. Emmett, you've got a you've got a decent joke for us today. Could you, would you share that with the community?
1: Yes, I will. So who rules the couch? Who
0: rules the couch?
1: The Ottoman emperor.
0: The Ottoman emperor. If that's, if that's uh, only so funny to you, it's because you're only so far along in your classical education and you'll have to ask someone ahead of you. I like that. Uh, And did you make that one up? Yes. Yeah, nice. You did make it up. All right. Hey, tell tell us something, as long as we have uh, a freshman in the room, tell us something that you're reading uh, in class now or something that you've read this year, one of the works.
1: One of my favorite books that we read this year was probably Tom Sawyer.
0: Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Why, do, why did you choose that one? Well, it's a really like,
1: it like changed the way that they wrote. Like back in the day, everything was like, they wrote like really professionally, like they use proper grammar, but then um, Samuel Clemens wrote with like, he wrote very like casually, like the people speak as if they're just speaking like with their accents and stuff. And so it like revolutionized the way people write, but like it wasn't accepted at first until years later, they're like, wow, this is really good. This is very, very good literature.
0: Uh, Very good. And you said Samuel Clemens. How how do the rest of us know him? Who's that?
1: Mark Twain. Mark
0: Twain. All right. So Mark Twain wrote, uh, what did we just say? Not Huck Finn. Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. Yes, he wrote Tom Sawyer. Super good. All right. I like it. Good man. And for this week's interview, I'm very happy to introduce you to a friend of mine and uh, one of my pastors. Uh, this is Nick Spurgeon. Nick is a godly man, a wise man. Um, he also happens to be a heritage dad and Uh, His wife, Allie, was one of our rock star kindergarten teachers at the Bainbridge campus several years ago. And uh, we look forward to having Allie back one day. Um, But today, we're very happy to have Pastor Nick Spurgeon in the house with us today. So without further ado, Nick Spurgeon, welcome to the Griffin Rundown. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So Nick, just to, to cut straight to it, would you tell us how long you have been a pastor,
1: and where do you serve? Yeah, so um, I, I'm a pastor at Parkside Church, um, and uh, Allie and I moved here in 2015 when I took uh, the uh, an opportunity to be a resident or an intern here at Parkside for a year, and then after the uh, residency, um, they asked me to stay on staff as a pastor. So. Um I think with the residency what is that 8 years that I've yeah. that I've been here at Parkside. Yeah, 8 years. Well, you got tricked by the whole 1 year thing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I wanted to go back south where it was warmer but they kept me here. <laughs> uh, and uh
0: Louisiana's home, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well we're we're happy that you're still
1: here. What what are your main responsibilities at the church? Yeah, so um I'm one of the missions pastors, and so what that involves is, is uh, following up uh, with our missionaries that we have just across the globe. Um, we try to do monthly to every two months meeting with the different missionaries just to care for them, um, hear about what they're doing, the work they're doing, um, if they have any needs to pray for them, um, as well as a, a form of accountability from afar. Um, and then I'm also on top of missions. Um, I'm really under this broad umbrella of um, Help and Hope Ministries, and so um, I oversee things like our dealing with divorce ministry, um, nursing home ministry, um, and 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 ministries like that. So um, then, uh, of course, on top some of the the normal things of you know funerals and and weddings and. Uh, filling in the pulpit, things like that. I teach a Sunday school class every Sunday. Uh, so uh, those are pretty much the things that I give the majority of my time to here at the church. Yeah, so you're you're a busy man, is what I'm hearing. They just have I think a couple. I have my hand in a bunch of different things. So yeah. that kind of have to kind of put on different hats at different times. I guess that's right.
0: No, that's good. Well, thank you for the way you serve the Lord's people. Yeah, it's uh, a privilege. Yeah, Amen. Uh, Well, hey, you mentioned Allie. Tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm married to Allie. Um, We've been married. Actually, Friday will be um, our 10th year uh, married. So we got married young. Um, We were in college. Um, I was 20. She was 21. Hmm. Um, And uh, we met each other in high school. Um, So uh, we. Yeah. So. Uh, we've been married for ten years. We have three kids, uh, so we have um, Harper, who's four, who uh, goes to Heritage, and we have sixteen-month-old twins, so Natalie and Ellis, boy-girl twins, and um, that has been that has been quite the experience to have twins. So um, yeah, we're we're just enjoying it, enjoying having uh, three little ones in the house, even though. It it gets difficult at times. Um, they certainly give us a run for our money, but um yeah, we love it. Do you yeah, boy, do you remember anything from the last sixteen months of life? <laughs> um not not really. <clears throat> there's there's sometimes when Allie and I finally stop and we're like, Do you do you even know how we made it through these last couple yeah. of months? And I'm like, yeah. the only thing I can attribute to is grace. Yeah, there has been all kind of ups and downs. Um and you and I have talked about before Allie had some health issues after the twins and and yeah. the twins then had health issues and so I feel like our first 6 months was like walking in a haze. Yeah. And then we kind of got our bearings and then now at like the turn of a year uh we we're 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 kind of kind of figuring it out, but mm-hmm. emphasis on the kind of figuring it kind out. Kind of the, <laughs> the fog is starting to lift a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. And just
0: place on all of that, just the, you know, for, for Allie's sake. And then I'm a pastor's wife on top of all those things <laughs> and, and, all that, and all that that means. So, which is a lot. Yeah, I know you're chuckling to because you're kind and gracious, but, you know, there there's a lot that goes with that. So, um, yeah. That's a lot for your family. And, yeah. and and for those that are listening, if if you recognize the name Allie Spurgeon, it's because she was one of our fabulous kindergarten teachers once upon a time um, before kids. And so I I joke with the Spurgeons, hey, it, have all of your kids now. And twins is great. Have all your kids now so that we can have Allie back sooner than later. And um, she, boy, she knew how to run a kindergarten classroom. It was the, um, the sugary sweet, um, but there's no doubt who was in charge of that
1: classroom at any moment in time. It was great. Yeah. She, she still talks about um, God willing, if she's able to, she would love to come back and teach because she loved it. She loved kindergarten. Yeah. She's made for it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, Hey, Nick, let's, let's dive into some of the the nitty gritty things here. So would you just tell me from your perspective as a pastor, as, as one who's, uh, been called to to shepherd the flock. Why it is Im- Why
1: is it important for us to be members of a local church? Yeah, yeah that that that's a question that we could take a long time uh, to kind of tease out. Um, you know, I think I think first and foremost to think about the role of the church throughout the scriptures. Uh, we see the importance of the people of God. And of being part of the people of God all throughout the Scriptures. Um, in fact, just these last couple of weeks in my Sunday school, we're about to do um, a study on the the Ten Commandments and and setting up the context of the Ten Commandments and uh, looking at at Israel's role uh, in Exodus nineteen to be mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a kingdom of priests and a, a holy nation, and they're they're kind of picking up that role that was even in the garden given to Adam. Of, of cultivating uh, the earth and exercising dominion over the earth um, and creating a really like this whole garden temple um, uh, imagery, um, even starting in the book of Genesis, coming again through the covenant with Abraham into the Mosaic covenant. and and I when I think about those things and how, for example, Peter uh, relates that and and connects that to the 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 role of the church, you think about how, the gathered people of God has been is is and continues to be such a key uh, motif throughout all of the scriptures. So I think I think first there's the there's the theological emphasis uh, on on the importance of of church membership and church involvement. you know first uh, Timothy 3. Uh, the church is the the pillar and buttress of truth. Um, Ephesians 3, that the, the manifold wisdom of God is being revealed through the church. Uh, this gathered people who are two people who have been brought into one in Jesus Christ. Um, you think about how Acts 20, uh, Paul's charge to the Ephesian elders, where he says that the church are those whom... Uh, Christ has purchased with his own b- blood and so there's a, a preciousness to uh, the church um, yeah. because they're those for whom Christ died um and so so yeah you you think about just the theological emphasis uh, and the theological importance of of the church and then you you take that and you ask yourself the question well then what does that mean for the local church or the the gathered church and you know we realize that, um, the the importance of the local church—you really can't put um, put weight to that because it's so extremely important. Um, it's it's in the the local church that the ordinary means of grace are are administered. So, you know, you hear the word of God preached. Um, you. Um, participate in the sacraments of baptism and, and the Lord's Supper, where, you know, in baptism we're we're marked off for Jesus. And in mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper, we're fed by Jesus. Um, we we get to participate in life as a local church so that we we have the 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 membership or the fellowship in the local body and including in all that is um, you know, relationships that are developed, even the care and exercise of of different offices in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I think about that, I go, you know, you not only see the importance of the church or a gathered people throughout the whole of redemptive history, but when you think about the letters that are written to local churches uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, you see those different things like I just articulated. Uh, and so we think about then that for example for me as a pastor at Parkside, um, you know we we have, I think recently even tried to stress uh, mm-hmm. the value of the local church by you know we we just instituted uh, a membership recommittal. and for us that was that was very important uh, as pastors and elders at Parkside because we we realized, hey, we've been charged to shepherd the flock of God that's among us and and we want to be clear and sure. Um, who are those people are and how we can care for those people especially as a, a big church mm-hmm. uh, We want to make sure as well that uh, we can do our best to get people connected to one another because uh, you know I, I, I can't um, you can't shake the fact that in for example um, Hebrews uh, I think it's Hebrews 3. Uh, where, we're, where we're called to encourage, one. or Hebrews 10, we're called to encourage one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. Yeah. Um, we're called to um, kind of keep watch on each other. And mm-hmm. so, you know, sanctification, growing in Christ likeness is a churchwide effort. It's not just an individualistic effort. And so we want to make sure that we can encourage people in those uh, communities and in those groups uh, to plug in and to get connected. And I also think about just with my kids, uh, the importance of uh, raising a kid uh, in a local church. Um, yeah. You know, um, it, it's you you could say you know it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, I would say it, it takes a church uh, to to raise a kid. Uh, and so those things are, um, I don't think you can put value on those because they're extremely valuable. And so yeah, church membership I think is crucial to our life as as Christians. Um, yeah, to be plugged into a local church is uh, just a, a smaller picture of what it means to be part of the the global church. Um, to be united to the head of the church, Jesus. Amen. Well, and I'm I'm glad you took it that way. You know, I asked about, I think the way I phrased it was,
0: you know, why is it important to be a member of a local church? I'm glad you took it, you know, back before then and just talked about, you know, the church itself and to be part of a church. And then and then you went into membership also and just knowing and being known. And, you know, if, if we're hoping that the, the shepherds are caring for the flock, then yeah, the shepherds need to know who's in their flock. And so um, for the membership part of it, that's, that's good. But I'm, I'm so thankful you went, you know, back before my question and just addressed, you know, the ne- necessity of the church and being active in a church. Um So then Nick, will you, Tell me, you know, hey, I'm so thankful for the work of children's ministry mm-hmm. in church. I know my children benefit from that, uh, but I also understand that there's great benefits to having children in big church, as it were, with us. And so, would you just share some of your thoughts on those things, and maybe the importance of corporate worship for our children?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So. Um, it's funny. I almost want to like punt to my my Presbyterian brothers and sisters because they're better at that than than I am. In um, yeah. having their kids uh, sit with them intentionally in church, you know, for for us, um, for us, say just for Allie and I as parents, um, one of the things that that we have maybe in the last year have begun to try to practice better um, is especially to have Harper with us in evening service. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, even if it's just for, for part of it, uh, we know, you know, she gets, she gets wiggly and antsy and she wants to, you know, just be Harper. And, um, but, but we started to realize, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if she gets the whole thing. Um, the importance is for her, uh, I think right now to sit under the ministry of the word, uh, Mm -hmm. in some sense, whether it be through a whole sermon, you know, whether it be through just hearing the word sung through the hymns and the, the songs that we sing, or even, you know, we had her recently in a baptism service and, um, she asked questions about it. You know, she was going, you know, daddy, what, what are they doing? You know, why are they, why are they dunking them under the water? Um, and so we, we were able to kind of talk about some of that and we even prepared her for that, um, on the, on the, the way to service that evening. Um, and so, you know, we, we've kind of just come, we came to the decision that, you know, we realized that it's not going to be the easiest thing and, and it's not, it's not going to be about us trying to get everything we can. Um, but that's okay because it's important for us as a family um to sit in the service and it's important for our kids to hear the gospel. Um, my goodness, we we want Harper and and our twins uh, of course to to but Harper as she can understand things better. Um we want her to hear the gospel as much as she can and uh we we want her to see like this this is important to mommy and daddy and um and for her to see like, actually there's importance here. There's, there's things that are taking place in a church service that actually matter. And that's why we come. That's uh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a, a slow process for us. Um, and part of that is because we do like at Parkside and you know, this, we, we have all these different, um, these different outlets for children's ministry, which are fantastic. And we take advantage of ourselves. You know, we, we put our kids in there in the morning service and uh, the twins still go to it in evening um but um and those things are great and um we want to we want to encourage people to do those things cuz the gospel is is taught there you know That's right. um yep. and and I'm encouraged because of how well when Harper comes home and we ask her questions about what she learned she can just you know, she she'll walk through Moses in the burning bush like she did a couple Sundays ago. And so um, it's fantastic. But we just we just began to think, you know, the service isn't ultimately about us just consuming everything that we can as mom and dad. Uh, but it's also we want Harper to sit in and and to see what's involved. And, you know, I don't want to be too mystical about anything, but but to sit under the preaching of the word, because we believe the power lies in the word by the spirit. And so I want my daughter in that, you know, I want my daughter to be sitting under the right preaching of the word.
0: That's right. And and as you said earlier, you know, the means of grace that are, um, on display and, uh, during that time, you know, she may be four, but there, there are pieces that she's going to hear, um, in, in the message. And, um, and to be honest with you, you know, Nick, I think about this sometimes where else, are your children ever going to hear you and watch you singing to the Lord Jesus also? Right. Right. Um, yeah, do, I know many of our families have their family worship time at home, but, mm-hmm. um, most probably don't at least not that involves singing together. So, right. um, this is, it's powerful for our children,
1: as you said, to to see us worshiping also and yep. and to invite them into it. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to piggyback off that, you know, I, I thought, it was, it was really cool in particular to like with the baptism service, you know, Harper is actually seeing a, a, a visible sign of the gospel. That's right. And, and how, how beautiful is that to go? You know, God is, God is placing his sign and seal on that person. That actually, it is a sign of what, what is, what that person has believed as it points us to Jesus, right? Baptism is a pointer. Uh, And so like, how how great it is to have the almost, if I can use this language, the gospel made tangible for yeah. her. Um, so yeah, I can talk good. about that for a while, but yeah. You know That's so good. Thanks for sharing
0: those thoughts. Um, so then, uh, you know, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Online church. Yeah. You know, I think this existed before COVID, but you know, now it's a, it, it's everywhere. And um, I know Parkside, you know, has done a great job of saying you know this is available but um, if this is now your church just online then then that's not what our vision is for this right. so i'm I'm thankful for you know you need to be back being with people um so what are your thoughts on online church or help us consider
1: you know online church yeah um I, I think. So you know, there, there's positives and negatives with it. Um, like you said, I think I think the positive is that, for example, like when everything shut down during COVID, uh, we could still provide, um, and and many churches did that, did this. Um, you know, I would I would I would watch our services in the morning, and then I have a good friend of mine that's a a local pastor uh, in Hudson. And um, I would watch his services in the evening, you know, Um, but um, I, so I think it it provides, you know, you can hear good teaching of the scriptures when you're from afar. Yeah. Um, However, you know, I would say if, if someone is just watching online, um, you're not actually part of a local church Mm -hmm. um, because the local church is, is more than preaching. It's not less than though, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, you, it goes back to what we said a few minutes ago. Um, part of being part of a local church is yes, sitting under the ministry of the word, which is, I mean, the primary means of grace, but it's also participating in, in the the sacraments. It's also being in Christian fellowship, um it's also um being able to serve uh and to serve one another and actually you know love one another um and so you you can't really do that from afar and so while while i think that online um watching preaching online uh has its benefits for sure i mean i'm a beneficiary of of other ministries right um right. Are online and, and podcast and so on and so forth um, we can't let that replace um, the local church gathering yeah um, and so I, I would just want to be wary of that and you know we we actually like you said we we've had to deal with that um, deal with that at Parkside and and have had to you know even have conversations with people who even from afar, uh, call in and say, well, I'm part of your church. And so I want to speak to one of your pastors. And we say, well, you're actually not, you know, and as bad as that sounds, we have to have that conversation because we want to point them to a local church. Uh, we don't want to take the place of a local church, um, even though we're doing the live stream thing. That's right. No, I, I, I'm really thankful for that because I, I think they're,
0: you know, too often we can, you um, take it as, as the easy way out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's easy to, to do that and feel part and feel connected to some extent, but then, um, you know, you don't have to deal with any of the messy things of relational right. relationships. And so, uh, no, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for that approach and and uh, all that you've been saying there. Thank you for listening to the Griffin rundown. As always, it is our pleasure to partner with you, to cultivate our children to be lifelong learners who think and live for the glory of Christ. We'll be back again next Tuesday.